Yeah, science. We're going to talk about science here. Uh, dinosaurs, uh, which, I mean, hey, come on. It's always fun to talk about dinosaurs. And this is a really cool story. And I, I think I knew this, but um, I'd maybe forgotten. But we know that Alberta is a hotspot when it comes to dinosaurs. And we have the Trail Museum and we have the Wembley Museum. We're, we're a hotspot. But there's one area in particular that is absolutely incredible. And we're going to find out about that and a recent discovery made there. We're going to chat now and get all the details with Emily Bamforth, who is the curator at the Philip J. Curry Dinosaur Museum in Wembley. Uh, Emily, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. So this this area, first of all, I mean, in reading about this, where this discovery was made, um, the area is very well known, right? Like world famous as a hotbed of dinosaur discovery? That's right. So um, the the South Peace region, that's the area around Grand Prairie, is actually very fossiliferous. It has um, some of the same age rocks that they get uh, around the Drumheller area. But because we're that much further north, we actually get a different suite of dinosaurs. Um, and so this is another dinosaur hotspot in Alberta. I know when, when you think of dinosaurs, people tend to think of southern Alberta. Yeah, Badlands, um, Drumheller. They're, they're, yeah, exactly. Um, but they're also very common up here as well. Any idea why? What is it about the geography? I mean, this is area that where you made this most recent discovery. It's sort of like, it seems like there's just a huge, massive collection of fossils all in one relatively small area. That's right. And so what we're excavating right now is, is what we call a bone bed, which is an accumulation of lots of animals that basically got washed into one area. And the reason they're there um, has to do with... Um, a flood about uh, 73 million years ago that basically caught up a herd of these animals called pachyrhinosaurs, which are like think of a small cousin of the triceratops, except instead of a nose horn, they have this big bony bump on their nose. Okay. Um, so there was a flood that kind of um, took out most of the herd of this animal. So hundreds, maybe thousands of animals um, all got drowned in this flood and were deposited in this one area, which today is a bone bed. Um, so it's a really um, kind of an unusual deposit. And for us, it's great because it is just bone on top of bone on top of bone. It's a, it's a very exciting site to work at. And, and you mentioned these Pachyrhinosaurus, but there's all kinds of other ones there. And some were discovered just, you know, the last week or two, right? That's right. And so the, uh, the, the famous bone bed up here, it's called the Pipestone Creek bone bed. Um, that one is mainly Pachyrhinosaurus, the, the dinosaur that, that the herd that got right, caught up yeah. in this flood. Um, but in that same deposit, we also get um, Tyrannosaur teeth. So not Tyrannosaurus rex, but we get a small cousin of the Tyrannosaur called a Gorgosaur. Um, and we think these animals went in and they were scavenging on the carcasses of the bones okay. uh, because we find their teeth kind of interbedded in with the, uh, the Pachyrhinosaur bones. Um, so in addition to the Tyrannosaur, we also have a, um, three or four of the smaller, like raptor-like dinosaurs. Um, so not as big as the ones that you would see in, in Jurassic Park, for example. These were just kind of little guys, sort of a meter high and smaller. Um, they were also running around at the same time. Um, and the other big dinosaurs, the duckbill dinosaurs, we get. Um, so it was a very healthy dinosaur community we had here um, about 73 million years ago. Amazing stuff. It really is. And also, like... You, you mentioned Jurassic Park, and we all have seen Jurassic Park, and we all know that they extract DNA from blood from mosquitoes preserved in amber. You found 
an insect locked inside amber in this area, right? That's right. Yeah. So uh, right in the bone bed, um, there's little um, grains of amber that are preserved. Um, so amber, of course, is fossilized tree sap. And so when these animals got washed into this, this area by the flood, there was a lot of trees and, and plant material that got washed in with them. And so some of those trees had uh, little bits of sap that turned into amber eventually. Uh, and so in a couple of pieces of amber that we find, uh, we do get what we call insect inclusions. Um, so it may not be the whole insect, uh, but it may be like wings or body parts or legs. Um, in one case, we did get a whole insect, something like a little, like a, like a, a tiny fly um, or an aphid. Um, so that's always really exciting to find, like just this snapshot of, of life preserved in this little grain of amber. Yeah, I'm wondering, like with all these discoveries, we, we, we focus, of course, when you hear tyrannosaur teeth, it's like, wow, that's so cool. And of course they are, and all these fossils are. But when you're starting to talk, you know, you're talking about plant life, you're talking about insect life. Does it sort of help paint a picture of exactly what was going on in this part of the world at a certain time? Oh, absolutely. And so um, kind of the days where people went out and just headhunted dinosaurs, like just wanted to go, found, found the skeleton and took the skull and left, um, those days are largely gone. Now um, paleontologists are more focused on understanding um, the paleo ecosystem, like the world that the dinosaurs were living in. Um, and so the focus is, of course, still on the dinosaurs, but we also pay a lot more attention to the plants they were living with, so the insect communities, the kind of the, what the climate was like, if, you know, if the climate was changing at the time, what the environment was like. Um, and so there's all kinds of, of clues that paleontologists look for um, in the fossil record when they're con- collecting dinosaurs to help tell that story. Now, one of the things I... You had, like, an audience when this most recent discovery was made, right? I mean, it, tell us about the event and, and how people can basically come up and, and watch the proceedings. Yeah, and so one of the great things about the Pipestone Creek bone bed is it's uh, it's close to Wembley. It's about a, a 20-minute drive from Wembley yeah. um, and just about half an hour from Grand Prairie. So it's, it's accessible, which is great for a fossil site. Most fossil sites are kind of, you know, way in the back and beyond. Um, and... Uh, our museum here, the Philip J. Curry Dinosaur Museum, has a program, we call it Paleontologists for a Day, um, where people can sign up and they can actually come out and help us with the excavation at the bone bed. Um, so people can get some hands-on experience with that field paleontology aspect. Um, and we also, in addition, we run tours out to the bone bed as well from the museum. Um, so people can come and get a guided tour of not only the bone bed, but sort of the area itself and sort of telling the story of what the world was like um, when the dinosaurs were around. And what a thrill it must be for, you know, to be there when, when a discovery like this is made. Yep. It's um, definitely, we um, get a lot of great feedback from from the Paleo for a Day program. And it it really gives people a sense of, some of the aspects of paleontology that you don't really get when you yeah. go to a museum. Like when you go to a museum, you kind of see the end product, you know, the mounted skeletons and all the science that been, has been done. But of course, there's the backstory too, like the finding fossils and collecting them and excavating them and preparing them and curating them. Um, and that's one of the things that Paleo for a Day really helps us to kind of, it's a story we can tell people about what happens before you go to a museum and, and see the, you know, the final exhibits. Amazing stuff. Emily, thank you so much. We'll, ch- we'll chat again. We love dinosaur stuff on the show, so anytime you guys have something going on, let us know. 
Oh, absolutely. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it very much. Thank you. That's um, Emily Bamforth, who is a curator at the Philip J. Curry Dinosaur Museum in Wembley, Alberta, up by Grand Prairie. And as, and as she you know, tells us, it's that paleosaur, uh, paleontologist for a day program sounds pretty cool. And there was a bunch of people out there doing that that day when they made this most recent discovery. How cool would that be? Hey, Your Majesty, have you been to that one up at Wembley? No. You didn't take a field trip there? I don't No, It was too far. Did you go to Terrell Museum? You've been to oh, that yeah. one. Yeah, we used to do it in our like grade four class where yeah. we would actually stay over there under the dinosaurs and stuff. You got to stay at Yeah, Terrell we got to museum? stay in the museum. No I think way. the school still does it or did before COVID. Oh, would that ever be cool? Yeah, it was the coolest field trip. Huh. I don't think it existed when I was in school. I don't think it had been built yet. <laughs> was the museum there? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I don't think so. Uh, I think it came along later. I could be wrong, though. Hey, speaking of, she mentioned the uh, Gorgosaurus, which is a relative of the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Like she said, they found Tyrannosaur teeth. It wasn't Tyrannosaurus Rex te- uh, teeth. It was Gorgosaurus teeth. Gorgosaurus is a smaller relative of the T-Rex, but pretty close. I mean, it's, it's a big animal. Um, one is going on the auction block this month. You can buy, and it's a complete skeleton. Um, it'll be sold. They're, they're figuring you're going to have to have as much as $8 million if, if you want to buy this thing. But uh, it's the first time uh, this massive dinosaur species has ever been available for private collectors to purchase. Uh, Sotheby's uh, is doing the auction. 10 feet tall, 22 feet long, uh, so mature at the time of its death, 70 million years ago, found in Montana back in 2018. It's, there's only a handful of them that have ever been found in the United States. Most of them have been discovered in Canada, as we just heard from Emily. Um, so yeah, if you got, you know, extra 8 million bucks lying around, and you think this might be something that you want to uh, get in on the auction that happens July 28th in New York and you get yourself a Gorgosaurus skeleton. <laughs>